College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk some college basketball. And March Madness is, we're knee deep. We might be chest deep in March Madness right now. Um, just Thursday alone, last Thursday alone, the opening day featured not just the major upset like St. Peter's with an enrollment of less than 4,000 people over Kentucky. They had to go and win the second round, too, which is lovely. But so many tight games down the stretch. Um, Vermont, Arkansas, Iowa, Richmond, that South Dakota Providence game, who we kind of thought. UCLA barely won their game. I mean, um, UConn got beat. So many things happened. Um, you know, overall, so far, it's been a great tournament. You know, we did kind of talk about, okay, there's no great team, and it feels like there's anywhere from 6 to 8 to maybe 10 to 12. Um, we've been saying that not just at the start of this. Um, you know, that many amount of teams that could win it because there isn't three great teams, and one of them's going to win it this year. Um, now, maybe with the Sweet 16, the, the team standing, you could narrow it down a little bit more, obviously. But uh, it kind of felt like 2020 vibes is what we mentioned. It felt like, man, this is anybody's tournament. And we posed the question last week, it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Is it going to happen round one right away? And, you know, why wouldn't it in some senses? But at least round, you know, the round of 32 and the Sweet 16. And the next thing you know, you got, you know, a 10 and 11 going head up. And North Kakalaka, which – Probably about a half hour's worth of North Carolina basketball is going to take place. Uh, unfortunate for you Duke fans, okay? But anyway, we're going to talk it through. So we're going to do uh, some light recap um, from the week in action, starting, like I said, with that Thursday. Then we'll switch gears and uh, preview and predict all the way to the final four, so the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. You know, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropeadope to download the show there or, or listen to it in the browser. You can find uh, this college ball show under the Ropeadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music. We're also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on-demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. If you go all the way to the Premier Package, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime Already included. That's direct TV stream. All right. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. And there's a lot to talk about, obviously. But why don't we just get it out of the way and you could talk about your North Carolina Tar Heels. Because you know what? Um, sure, they didn't have a great regular season. They weren't highly ranked and all that stuff. But the way they closed that Duke victory – at Coach K's last game, at home anyway. Um, they definitely earned it, man. They definitely earned it. But for a second there, I thought we were going to see the second biggest comeback of all time when they were up 25 and almost gave it up. 
but let's give the floor to Marshall here. I, I'll try to make this like a minute or two. I could probably talk about it for 10, but I'll, I'll try to make this a short version. <clears throat> um, also, my, my biggest takeaway probably from it is that just from, and again, I've, whether it's coaching high school basketball or college, you don't really see this often in pros because the game is a shorter game with a shot clock. But Hubert Davis scared the crap out of me because if you're watching that game, Carolina's up 25 points. They're one of their best players, man. It gets tossed out of a game for, in my opinion, a questionable flagrant two. Not saying it wasn't a flagrant call, but a flagrant two with that scum player from uh, Baylor who's causing fights all day. But anyways, we're not going to we, use the word scum, okay? There's a dirty. lot more scum. There we go. All right. So um, <laughs> I, I, w- I just – but with all that said, all that happens, but then Carolina takes their foot off the gas. Like Carolina had been doing – in the first half, it was a high pick and roll all day, and their, the Baylor was having trouble defending it, so they were getting wide open shots, or they were feeding the big. Like their offense was looking great against a Baylor defense. But – with about nine minutes to go, Carolina is up comfortably by, you know, 20 plus points. Then the player gets ejected and then you start playing stall ball and it literally almost cost them the game. And I, I still think it was beyond stupid by Huber Davis to do this. I mean, I, I know, I know that normally when you, you win a game, you don't want to rip your coach, but that was idiotic. Like it, it literally let them come back in the game because Chris, when you do this stall ball, you, you lose your momentum. They had three straight possessions where the shot clock was within five seconds of being zero or down to five, and we're dribbling near half court with our backs to the basket. So, you know, I I don't know. I think the thing that saved Carolina, because so Carolina ends up blowing a twenty-five point lead because we we lost our offensive rhythm. But I think the one thing that saved Carolina to win an OT was they got a three-point lead to start it off. And I think Baylor's legs were so shot from the comeback, Carolina sure. survived. Because Carolina was out mad at their out one their starting point guards, and they just really hung on. My, my best friend was like, dude, Carolina, we're going to lose an OT because, you know, we, we, they got, Baylor's got momentum. And they were and just we driving to the rack, too. So it was physical. They had to physically get back in that game, too. Yes. So I think the saving grace was that their their legs were juiced. Because if you watched overtime – a lot of Baylor shots hit the front side of the yep. room. But, True. I mean, overall, that's the happiest I've been for a Carolina team in a while. It's been a minute since I've got to relive my, you know, being emotional and watching a game. And obviously, March Madness makes it cooler. Um, you know, it, being a one seed was great. But, man, I, I'm happy they won because that would have been a tough one to swallow. I just – I'll stop now because I'm not going to keep repeating myself. But huh. that's why you don't play stall ball. That, that, that along with the ejection changed the whole game. And luckily, Baylor really shot the three ball pretty much poorly the whole game. And that was a saving grace because they had a lot of open looks, but um, none of them dropped. So, hey, uh, a hell of a win. I was an emotional wreck for like the next couple hours just to try to recover from that. I got lots of high fives. I was like, oh, look, you see that win? I'm like, yeah, I, I survived barely. But a right. great win. They were the first one seed to go out. Um, but man, that was that one. That one took a couple of days off my life near the end of hopefully, you know, when I get to my 80s. That was a that was a hell of a game. But man, it was good to see the baby blue uh, get a victory, as you said uh, a month ago. A lot of people said Carolina's got to win ACC games to even be on the bubble. You know, we were right. near near not even making the damn thing. So to be in the Sweet 16 was a a, a great um, 
we got momentum. So a, a great game, a lot of fun to watch. No doubt about it. And the ACC has three because of Miami as well. North Carolina definitely a surprise. Miami even a bigger surprise. And then obviously Duke there too. So, you know, we talked about the Big Ten. We talked about the Big 12. We talked about the SEC as the toughest uh, divisions. And even the Big East uh, over ACC this year. Uh, regular season and non-conference. But here we are, Sweet 16, and ACC has three teams, like it or not. Um, and it's kind of funny. It keeps this little transition game going. Uh, the champ in 2016 was Nova. Nova loses in the second round the next year. Champ in 2017, UNC. They lose in the second round. Champ in 2018, Nova. They lose in the second round. Um, Virginia, uh, they didn't get to play 2020, obviously. In the, in the, you know, they won in 2019 but didn't get to play because there was none, but they lost in the first round. And then now Baylor uh, exiting there. So overall, by conference, three teams from the ACC and the Big 12, two teams from the Big 10, Pac-12, the Big East, and then one from the AAC, the MAAC, the SEC, and WCC. Uh, a lot of CC stuff there. But anyway, um, yeah, that, I mean, like I said, that Thursday, um, that was crazy because, you know, of course you, you have some blowouts, um, that's bound to happen. Um, of course, but th- that's St. Peter's, there was a couple times where I thought, okay, Kentucky's controlled this game. They're going to sneak by St. Peter's and sure enough, it just didn't happen. And I thought the biggest thing was. And I, we've talked about how Ty Ty was hurt. You know, they've been putting him in a little too early, uh, a couple, like two different times this season, three different times. And it's like, ugh, why, why even bring him back? But, you know, for a while they did, well, I think for a couple games they brought him off the bench too. But Wheeler had taken over. Obviously, Grady was their shooter. Um, but uh, Wheeler had taken over kind of as that point guard. But you can kind of tell they were stuck between, well, Wheeler of late's been good for us when they kind of needed to go to tie tie. He didn't play that great, but they didn't really let him have the ball a whole lot. I thought that was kind of a mistake, but I really don't, I mean, you know, they didn't shoot great from three, that's for sure. Um, They struggled from the line. They got there a bunch, 35 times, but 23 of 35. That's something that stands way out, but I really, I don't want to take anything away from St. Peter's. I mean, that, it's crazy. Like, they're starting to line up that Banks was really the only guy that did major stuff offensively. They had a guy off the bench, uh, Edert or whatever, but um, that that one was like, okay, dude, buckle up. Um, and like I said, UCLA just sneaking by Akron, uh, Providence, South Dakota State, Vermont, I mean, that was a tight-ass game. That Murray State in San Francisco went into overtime. There's four overtimes in the first day, Marshall, and they only had, what was it, only six last year total. So that just tells you right there, and obviously North Carolina just dominated Marquette. I did not see that coming, 95-63, to another tight game at Creighton and San Diego State, even though Creighton, you know, Creighton was out um, – with their, with their guard or point guard, uh, you know, they, they made a hell of a run as well, uh, making it as far as they did. But 
just that first day alone, Marshall, um, was ridiculous. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we still had plenty of action, uh, especially earlier in those games. Yale and Purdue actually was tight for a while. Colgate and Wisconsin um, was very t- – another one, Illinois, Chattanooga almost pulled the upset there. Uh, Miami got over on USC barely 68-66. I mean, there'd be, you know, parts of the bracket, parts of the region that, you know, there wasn't a game uh, won by more than 12 points. I mean, you go down the line, Iowa State uh, barely getting by LSU. I forgot about this one, too, Michigan State 74-73 over Davidson, and it kind of looked like Michigan State was possibly going to get beat Duke there for a, for a little bit. Um, but what a great opening round, man. Long story short. Yeah, that really was a great opening day. And honestly, from what I can recall, and this is just mine, but it all, to me, it always seems like Thursday has always been a little bit better than Fridays. I don't know why. And maybe I'm just, that's just some crazy thought I have in my head, but Thursdays have always just been a solid day. And it, and I know at least for this year, the point spreads on Friday were a lot bigger. Like, a lot of games Thursday were great games, and also it's because that's what Vegas thought. But there was, like, a handful of, like, um, 13 to 14 to 15-point spreads Friday. So you could see why maybe Friday wasn't quite as fun, but obviously it still was a very crazy day. But, yeah, um, as you mentioned, uh, I will say I bet a lot of people listen to this bet South Dakota State. The whole world was told to do it. And my Providence Fire said, oh, yeah, you, you think we're a lucky Hold team? Hold on, your it's our. Uh, oh yeah, our you're right. Our Providence Friars, our boys. Um, Ed Cooley literally said he's like, guys, we had Baltimore material for my players. And I mean, again, I'm not saying all these people gamble, but when you hear that everyone in the media is like literally saying South Coast State, like they're going to run them out the gym, that's a pretty good convincing factor of motivation for a team who's literally been doubted the whole season, whether it's their luckiest team in the country or. Villanova played more games than you, or South Dakota State's going to work them. Like, literally, unless you're a Providence fan, or us, or, uh, you know, in the small minority, no one thought they had a chance. And honestly, that score got a little closer to the end, but Providence, like, they basically had control that whole game. Because the this high-scoring team, South Dakota State was, like, the averaging, like, 84 points a year or uh, per game this year. They, they, I mean, they were held to like two to three to four minute droughts in the game. And a team that like percentage wise shoots like 39% from three was struggling. So all that media uh, coverage probably gave a, a backing to a team that's pretty, a pretty blue collar, blue collar gritty team to start with. So I was happy Providence got that done, obviously. But I mean, you know, the 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 long story short, the Thursday, um, I, my my bracket prediction winner went out in Kentucky. I know you mentioned that. Um, that definitely wasn't supposed to happen. But um, as uh, Bruce Pearl said last night, he's like, "Man, Miami punches in the mouth because I got a bunch of, you know, eighteen year old kids and they got a bunch of twenty four year old kids." No, with that being said, I I don't think I I don't accept that as an excuse because you know some teams draft for these high end players and some don't. But there is something to be said when your team does lose. I'm not even saying that uh, Bruce Pearl said that as an excuse for Auburn, but there's something to be said for when these mid-major teams, Chris, and you've known this for a long time, when they win games, these mid-major schools have players who probably got shunned or ignored from the Blue Bloods, and they've been there for four years, and they've really developed a rhythm. 
And when you play these lottery yeah. players who are on AAU teams and like they 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 jump out the gym, they're going to be an NBA pick. If that player may be more personally talented than you, yes, but there is a lot to be said for how do teams handle adversity when in tough situations and who can run an offense better. Yeah, yeah, you got to get these guys uh, the ball in the right spot too. Uh-huh. You know? It's not just, oh, just go out there, roll the ball out, they'll go win the game. Because Auburn and Kentucky probably have two of the most talented teams in the country this year. But offensively, when Auburn had two point guards who loved to shoot the ball religiously and not give it to Jabari Smith, and you have a Kentucky team who, and I, I didn't see them play a lot this year, but when I did watch them play, it didn't feel like they had a real, they didn't have like a real point guard who ran the offense. They had a bunch of talented players, but at least I didn't notice a huge point guard running the show. And when you lack that, it, it does kind of, when it comes down to tight situations, and I even told my best friend about this this weekend, is there's really not, and I'll, we, I'll throw this back to you, then we'll kind of keep moving along. There's really not as many great point guards as we're used to seeing this sure. year in the tournament. And you can tell just from how teams handle late-game situations, we're so used to having stud point guards. And this year, when you see guys jacking up 30-footers or, you know, offense goes and I, – I, I show you not, Chris. On Saturday when I was watching games, I watched multiple games where teams did not score from three- to five-minute droughts. It's like I get that that can happen sometimes, but if you're a tournament team, I don't care who you're playing – how do you not score for three to four minutes? Well, it's because your point guards aren't that good. But, man, that that, blue, that Iowa State-LSU game, like, Iowa State didn't score for the last five minutes of the first half, and they won the first half by six points. Right. <laughs> How does that happen? Yeah, it's one thing to miss, to not have a field goal in three, four minutes, right? That's actually kind of common. But you can score other ways than the field goal, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just, well, no, it's my one thing to go three or four minutes without a field goal, right? That's different. But without sure. points, you know, you can you can score a different way. Is my oh, point. You can get yeah, but, line, uh, but you know, well, sorry, I said it wrong. But I, I don't, I don't think they scored for like four minutes and forty-five. It was like a scoreless drought. That's what I'm saying. Know? That's what I'm saying. That's my point. Which, like, yeah, we I, see straw. You know, we see four-minute clips in the NBA where people don't get a field goal. Right, mm-hmm. but that's not the only way. You got okay if the shots aren't falling, then you got to find a way to get some points, grinding it out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Michigan State yesterday against Duke, uh, a four-minute drought. Uh, Iowa State and LSU had four-minute droughts. Tennessee had a four-minute drought, and it's like again, I, I know that sometimes team gets cold, but to see consistently see teams who were Sweet Sixteen bound or won a first-round game to not score. For a three to five minute stretch, just go show that I'm not saying that they're all shit teams because they're not, but a, a true uh, having above average or solid point guards, yeah, keep that from happening, Chris, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, no doubt about it. Gonzaga had a really moving on to the second round, the Saturday and Sunday games. That Gonzaga Memphis game, that one came down to it, man. I, I didn't. Re- didn't really know how that was going to turn out. Same with the Kansas Creighton. I just talked about Creighton, you know, 79-72, but that was a really tight game. Obviously, we kind of went over the North Carolina overtime game. Big, big, 93-86. to Nice. A lot of scoring there, but kind of to your note with Michigan and Tennessee, Michigan wins that 
coming out of that 11th seed, 76 to 68, and they really, um, you know, it's one of those things. Actually, in, in one of my brackets, I did pick uh, them to win just because, you know, it's one of those things that we talk about when this suspension was going to happen. Um, what, what, how was the team going to respond? And obviously, we saw – I'm getting a little background noise there. Um, and then UCLA and St. Mary's. UCLA played damn good in that one. Uh, Providence, no tight game here. They smoked Richmond, 79-51. Oh, yeah. Arkansas, New Mexico State, that was another tight one. You know, Arkansas, they'll D up, but we know that, speaking of offensive issues, uh, but 53-48. to 48, um, And for St. Peter's to beat Murray State, it's just that perfect Cinderella story uh, to get in there, man. And, and Nova beat Ohio State. Miami just walloped Auburn. I still can't believe that was the case, but we did talk about amongst a lot of other folks in the college basketball uh, industry about how, you know, they've lost about three or four games. They probably shouldn't have lost them all, Auburn. And it it's because of a lot of what you're saying, the, the guards. Uh, Purdue and Texas, that was – Texas just kept fighting back, fighting back. They had the lead there for a while. Purdue <laughs> finally found a way to kind of even that out and then get over top of them, 181-71. Same with Duke in Michigan State. Um, now, Houston really pulled away from Illinois, uh, but that Iowa State, Wisconsin, I mean, it just – it was kind of like uh, the low-scoring stuff, 54-49 with Wisconsin, if you've watched them enough, that's normal, right? But beyond – you know, Johnny Davis was 4-16, 0-7 from three, but he did get to the line, 9-11. of 11. He ended up with 17 points, but that was about it. Like, they didn't have much contributors. They shot 30% from the field, Marshall, and 2 of 22 from the three-point line. If I look at the Big Ten, the Illinois and Wisconsin, uh, Illinois wasn't favored to win their game, so that's not that big of a shocker. But I was surprised with Wisconsin going down like that, especially – how just offensively they just fell apart. It's funny. We talk about how they have this legit player, uh, NBA-type player, which they don't necessarily always have, like a top-ten-type draftee, um, and then just a bunch of good role players. Um, usually they have, you know, some very good, you know, upper echelon uh, B-plus players as their guys, the go-to guys, two or three of them, and then just a good all-around, um, you know, role player type team, but that one really stood out to me. I did not see Iowa State making this run, and I damn sure didn't think they'd lose to Wisconsin. We were the ones talking about, you know, what the hell, how did Iowa State get in the tournament? And we weren't the only ones either. But, you know, you look at their non-conference, how well they did, and and that's what got them here, and obviously they deserve to be here. Yeah, they, they've uh, <clears throat> refound their rhythm. And, you know, like we were saying before the show, a lot of Iowa State's losses were to good teams in the Big 12. But at one point, they were 3-9 and nine in last place in their conference. So, obviously, if you're in last place in your conference, odds of making the tournament are pretty slim. But after their 3-9 and nine, uh, lull, they finished the year on a rather high note again. So, yes, credit to them. Um, and, again, the games I did watch Wisconsin play this year, 
they really just struggled to shoot the three, and they weren't a th- great three-point shooting team. So when I saw that they went 2-22, of 22, I was like, well, well, I mean, if, if there's a way they're going to lose the game, you know, because they have their – I've never thought their posts and their bigs were that good this year. And I will say, I don't think Johnny Davis ever got healthy again. I, I think that he was maybe like a 70% healthy, but there was an injury. He kind of got bumped up and nicked a little bit near the end of the regular season because they had lost that game to Nebraska. They obviously, like, you know, they didn't win the Big Ten tournament. So I think that he, he was he was healthy enough to play, Chris, but he was not at anywhere near 100%. And as we've said, he kind of carried them more so than a regular Wisconsin team. So I think the combination of your star goes down and your 2-22 from deep, um, that's going to lead to a loss. And to give Iowa State credit, I mean, I, I've seen them play some ugly games, but they've sure been playing pretty solid defense against LSU and Wisconsin. Like, they've had two yeah. games in the tournament now where neither team has literally, you know, scored much at all. So, even if it's ugly, at this point, who cares? If, oh. if you got to win games 54 to 48, hey, sign me up. That, if you could win could care less. three to negative two, I'll take the dub. Amen. Yes, sir. So uh, props to them and also uh, props to you want to talk about teams play defense. If you if you've watched Texas Tech play and you are just a basketball savvy fan, that team plays incredible freaking defense for college basketball players. You'll see a lot of open shots in college games just because it's passing the ball. Players don't know where to be like there's all sorts of reasons. A lot of it is a lot of these guys just aren't, they don't play great team defense. That Texas Tech team plays incredible team defense. Um, there was one situation where they were playing in their uh, first round game and like their defense was like just locking down Montana State pretty easily. And so they, Montana State draws up like this new kind of set, which I hadn't seen. And they, they pretty much had like two guys at the free throw line and they're kind of doing like a, a, a staggered ball screen. So you had the, the guy dribbling the ball top three point line with two guys kind of hedging around the free throw line. I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, you know, how is this going to lead to like an easy, easy bucket? Um, but pretty much every Texas Tech player kind of sagged off and the dribbler went one way and the screens went the other way and not a single person was open. And I was like, dude, like that is, I was just for a second, I'm like, that is absolutely brilliant basketball. Cause I guarantee you, if you do any type of three man screen situation with lots of the college basketball, someone's going to be wide open or someone's going to forget about the ball. And Chris had a single guy batted an eye in that whole thing. And I was like, shit, like that team. And, you know, when one player leaves to go cover someone else, the uh, the guy behind him is going to a different spot to cover the man he was guarding. Like, And that's why that team, like they're out of all the people we have left to talk about this weekend, they could easily win it this year just because their team defense is amazing. And maybe they don't have a lottery pick score. But when you make it living hell to make uh, to let your opponent score on you, that's a huge advantage. And again, I'm not saying Texas Tech is the only great defense team left in the tournament, but they're probably the best, if not uh, top two or three out of the last 16. Chris. Yeah, no doubt about it. They could, um, and obviously not easily, but yes, they 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 are one of those teams that we looked at in the top ten ish realm, right? I mean, they definitely were um, as far as having a shot. And maybe offense comes to bite them on their ass, but maybe it doesn't. I mean, they are favored in this game uh, next on uh, Thursday, I think it is. So, I mean, yeah, man, it's it just, I don't know. It just, it's just one of the, 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 
this whole time, the March Madness thing, it just every year, of course, it doesn't always pay off. And like we've said, there's times where you look at about three or four teams. Uh, yeah, those are those are probably like we talk about the field. Take these three or take these four. You can have the field um, or even two and have the field like last year. Um, and we get the Cinderella stories and we get, you know, Ukula made a run last year and BCU and all that. You know, all these years we've had these seemingly more occurrence happening with those two. Now it's back-to-back years of 15 is one, too. Um, so it's just it's just fun, man. And it's one thing, you know, we're always going to love it. You know, every year we're going to be anticipating and all that. But when it pays off like that for a first weekend and a first day, um, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Any other stuff, you know, items you want to get to before we start breaking this stuff down here, sir, and, and previewing and predicting all the ways to the Final Four? Uh, I would just say to wrap it up, if you watched the TCU-Arizona um, game, you po- possibly, yes. again, it's a lot of opinions, you possibly watched one of the best games of the whole weekend, if not the best, but like, yeah, it was top three or top four. That was a... A very fun game of basketball. It was played in San Diego State, so it was a really big pro Arizona fan, you know, because that's probably, I don't know how far San Diego State is from Tucson, right. but, you know, there's a lot of red in the crowd. Um, yeah, you can that hear was the U super, of A. You, uh, you know, you can hear that the whole game. Yeah, that was a super, super fun game to watch. So hopefully for all y'all listening to the show, um, hopefully you watched it. If not, uh, go to YouTube and watch like the three minute or 10 minute highlight clips. Cause that was a, as a sports fan, uh, a fun one to enjoy. And man, TCU gave them all they could handle. God, TCU's, TCU center Lampkin, Lampkin dude. Yeah, 20 and 14. Ooh, yeah. That, that was a super fun game of call. That, that's why, you know, obviously you like the miracle upsets, you love the dogs and all that stuff. But when you got a, a like one of the coolest things, when you got a one seat on the ropes, and they got the home crowd with them, but whoever's playing them doesn't even care. Like, dude, that's yeah, that that that's another another great thing about March basketball. So yeah, that was a very fun game. Uh, but yeah, that that wraps up my first round, uh, first and second round takes, sir. And we were talking before we started recording. They only got one point off the bench last night, and their starters played a, a bunch of minutes. PV came off the bench, uh, but yeah, they were all of three. Uh, for bench <laughs> shots last night, zero of three. He made a free throw. Um, but yeah, I mean O'Banion was going off, and obviously people know that the name O'Banion when it comes to college basketball. But Lampkin was going off, and by the way, uh, Mathurin or whatever that dude, my goodness, getting to the line, going hard to to the bucket, posterizing people, and obviously. Another thing we talked about with this game was, was it enough of a, you know, contact there to call a fall in, in, at like a, what would have been right in that three, four second range where they would have been on the free throw line? Um, and sure, you know, maybe they don't make the free throws. Maybe Arizona hits a shot and wins the game. Ultimately, it didn't cost them the game because, as we know, Arizona player went down and, you know, tried to dunk it and missed out on the opportunity instead of just at the last second. That that one's tough, too. We talked about that a little bit. It's like, you know, we. your point was, and it makes sense, you know, the, the best opportunity is to, to go right and dunk it. 
You know what I mean? So it doesn't come out the glass all funky. And if you have it in your head as you're about to jump, you're going to dunk it. It's really tough, especially with no player there. You know, it's one thing if someone's in your way and you have to do something different. But if you had to do that, then you probably wouldn't have made it anyway because you would have it adjust, hence taking more time. But it is one of those things where you're like, man, if you could just let it go and finger roll at the last second. But when you have your 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 the ball the ball palm ready to dunk, it's hard to all of a sudden at the last second loop it up without it spinning kind of funky. So, but that was uh, that was pretty a, a dramatic way uh, to end things, no doubt about it. Um, why don't you uh, start us off and when we break down some of these, uh, you know, Tuesday, Thursday games and, and bring us all the way to the Final Four as we, we go through. Where do you want to start? What uh, region do you want to start with? Well, uh, let's see. Let's start off with, uh, <clears throat> where is it? with the East because um, I, I remember I actually, well, I actually saved up my page where I did the show for a lot. Oh, man, some of these picks were good. Some of these picks were bad. <laughs> But yeah, I don't I'll, even know I'll why I asked you. I'll go east, you, you can start. go west, and then I'll go uh, uh, midwest, you can go uh, uh, south. So start off with the east. I actually did actually, – well, I actually picked uh, Carolina-UCLA right. Um, I, I didn't think Carolina really was going to beat Baylor, but my baby blue did. Um, so, again, in the east we do have uh, Carolina playing uh, UCLA. And we have Purdue against Purdue is definitely not playing Kentucky. Holy sh! I need to. <laughs> okay, there was well Purdue did make it, but we have Purdue playing St. Peter's and Carolina playing UCLA. Um, I'll start off with my baby blue quick. Um, I do think that if the team that was UCLA last year, Chris, plays any type of resemblance like they were last year, I think that they beat Carolina. I, I, I think just if we're talking just straight off paper X's and O's and stats, I think that UCLA team um, can beat Carolina. But with that being said, I don't think that UCLA team has quite ever found their peak and rhythm. Um, they had COVID issues. They had players getting banged up. They had a couple of guys leave. But I think on paper, I think the Bruins are a more skillful team. So I, I do think that it's the end of the road for Carolina. I hope I'm wrong. But if I had to bet this game, I would take the UCLA Minus like the two. And I think Vegas is, you know, saying, hey, they're a slightly better team. So I, I think we come up a little bit short, but I hope we, I, I hope I'm wrong. And for Purdue St. Peter's, I think that the St. Peter's uh, run comes to an end. Like, hey, you upset Kentucky. You played lights out against Murray State. Obviously, you're going to get all the um, media attention and press clippings in the world. Those boys are going to be riding cloud nine. I suppose you could say one downfall of that, Chris, could be the fact that, you know, is they're they're not used to this situation, and is it too much for them to handle? You know, like the and I, again, that's a that's a thing that you cannot really grade. But I think that's an intangible of like you know these St. Peter's players were probably expecting to go home against Kentucky, and now you have like a week of euphoria and media, but is that a distraction that keeps them from maybe being more focused for Purdue? Or do they come out, you know, guns blazing? But normally, in the March Madness times when I've done brackets, when you do have, like, a higher-numbered seed make a Miracle Sweet 16 run, that run normally ends when you're playing a team that's a three seed. So I'm going to go, and hope I'm wrong, I'm going UCLA and Purdue. Um, now, UCLA... 
We don't know the injury status of what's-his-toes who did tweak his ankle. Now, it doesn't mean he's, he's done, but he did tweak his ankle. Um, Jacquez or whatever his name is, I think that's who tweaked his ankle. Oh, well, and he's, he's a great player, too. So that, mm-hmm. that, could, that, that plays a factor, sure. Right. Because right. he did leave that game, uh, you know, limping pretty good. So that's the only thing that's keeping me from being super confident because, you know, obviously this is Friday, right? So that does help. That gives them a long rest there, and then, you know, I'm sure Cortisone will, will do the rest. Uh, but, yeah, the defense. I mean, they gave up, you know, like, well, I think these are actually Turney. These, these got to be Turney, uh, Turney stats because there's not – they're not 20%. They're not 20 points more than – yeah, I think they're Turney stats. But either way – because it says 74 and 54. I don't think there's that big of a difference uh, between game, you know, opponent uh, scoring. But no. defense uh, and overall experience as a team in coaching at this moment, you know, at this moment, uh, we'll see, you know, where Hubert ends up in the next couple of years. Well, we'll see Friday, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Ukula there, too, to move on. They are a slight favorite, and uh, but you know if if I don't know if they win that game if he doesn't play, or if he's severely hampered and he's leaving the game in and out, going running the hall, coming back, you know, well they sure. take it a little bit different and all that. That might be a problem. And then yeah, I got Purdue, uh, mostly because of what you said. And when you have that long to scout someone, it's it's just uh, it's a little bit easier to handle them. And the matchup is going to be tough. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Purdue's got two huge bigs, and I didn't see every St. Peter's roster player, but I don't know if they can match the bigs on Purdue. Yeah, I'm, guess, I'm guessing not. I'm guessing not. Um, so that leaves me with UCLA-Purdue, and I will take UCLA to advance. Okay. Um, and I'm going to pick Purdue. Okay, I'm gonna pick- cool. I just think uh, I am worried about them defensively. Um, They're not a super strong team there. True. On paper, beyond that, though, God, it's – they're a damn good – they got the pieces, especially in the starting lineup. But, yeah, I'm I'm hesitant. Like, I didn't pick them to win the championship in my three brackets in any three. Uh, one I of them then. was Kentucky, so that was <laughs> yeah, uh, same here. that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so so I didn't. I wasn't that, the reason why I actually probably may have picked Purdue in one of them, but the fact that they don't defend on a top twenty level, top thirty, le- it's it's a little funky for me there. Um, all right, go ahead. All right, I will then let you take over and go to oh. the West, my friend. Oh, so you pick who I do. Is that how we're doing it? Okay. That's well, we're, we're we're doing we're doing with how we did it last show. It's just I want to start off in the east with the the Carolina oh, okay. bracket. I didn't realize yeah. that. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. All right. So we're in the West: Arkansas, Gonzaga, and Texas Tech, Duke, and obviously, um, one of the best games in the Sweet Sixteen, obviously, is this Texas Tech Duke. So we'll let that marinate for a second. But Gonzaga, Arkansas. Um, 
it does kind of look like they're right, not right for the picking, I shouldn't say that, but, and I'm talking about Gazaga, of course, but, ah, man, I, this one's tough because we talked about all year, can Arkansas put up enough damn points to stay with teams when push comes to shove, and the push comes to shove part is Gonzaga who puts up a ton of points. And by the way, hey, they're not bad at defense either. They do have a big from the great state of Minnesota. Skinny ass big, but big nonetheless that can block your shot. So do I think there's a chance to grind it out and to you know to be uh sixty-eight, you know, sixty, sixty-five, you know, Something like that. Is there a grind-out factor where Arkansas, much like, well, Memphis is a not a great, you know, uh, comparison. But I think Arkansas, long story short, I think Arkansas can and will give them a good game, but I like Gonzaga in this one. And I'm copying you there. I just don't think that, from what I've seen Arkansas play, they do have a, a very talented defense more so than last year, but I just don't think they can keep up with, yeah, with uh, Gonzaga. I just, like, I, and Arkansas is one of those teams, Chris, that really, really enjoys their home court, and they're, Fayetteville of the West is not traveling up there, or Fayetteville of the South is not, you know, so I just think that they're one of those teams that really enjoys their home land, and I, I just, I don't, I think it's, you're asking for too much. Um, they do have Note, who's like their stud player, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Zags. I do think the spread's a, a, a bit high, so I think I think you could get about seven points with Arkansas. So, I mean, that that's a, that's something to look at. It's five, six or seven, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Zags. And then what will likely be one of the best matchups of the Sweet 16, if not the very best, um, Texas Tech Red Raiders and the Duke Blue Devils going head to head. Actually, yeah, it is Texas Tech right now, a one-point favorite. Um, Texas Tech still has um, some players on their team that have some experience in this tournament, obviously. We talked about their defensive problemness. Now, they don't have a, a, a point guard that's going to dish out six or seven assists per game either, but it doesn't mean uh, that they can't have a guy do that. You know what I mean? Um, but you, you could say the same thing on Duke. Duke is just so talented but young. And it goes back to are the right players at the right time going to get the ball? Or is somebody that says, you know what, I can do this, let me do it. And sometimes that works great. Other times it doesn't work as much. So this one is a flip of the coin. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but I am going to go with the Duke Blue Devils to win this game. And some of it is they actually do get to prep to an extent anyway this week for this stuff. You can't emulate it, you know, because Texas Tech, like you said, is just one of the best defense teams, if not the best defense team left. I think they actually are. Um, so I'm going Duke. I'm going the Duke Blue Devils. I don't call it an upset just because it's one one point or whatever, you know. So yeah, I got I got the Duke Blue Devils to move on to the uh, Elite Eight, sir. Uh, I'm just gonna say guns up. I, I am I am nervous about my Tar Heels. I won't lie about that. I, I I think that they I think they can beat UCLA, but 
if I had to bet, um, I would take uh, the Bruins. Um, but I will no way in hell pick Coach K. Second of all, I think that that Red Raiders defense will shut them down. And yeah. finally, the 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 year long parade of love affair of Coach K is going to come to a it's going to come to a screeching halt, and he is going to disappear. Um, and yeah, but if if, if by chance. Carolina is he going was, to the moon or something? Where is he going? I, I, I don't know. Got, who, who, who knows? He, he might even pull a Tom Brady. He still might be bitter of the fact that Carolina beat He might be, I'm doing one more year, guys. I need a second farewell tour. Let me hear it. Uh, but if by chance, if Carolina does end up playing Duke, your co-host, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, it could happen. It would only take a couple wins this weekend. But if that happens, I'm not sure what kind of podcast to do because that would be Nervous even speaking about that game. But I don't think that can occur because I think the Red Raiders um, will beat Carolina. And that will leave me with Red Raiders Gonzaga. And I'm going to take the Lubbock Red Raiders to advance from this region, my friend. And I'm going with that uh, portion, the same portion that you're moving on with, but just with the Duke Blue Devils. They beat them earlier. Mm-hmm. They weren't as experienced, and uh, it's just something I don't know. I just think that I think that because uh, they have some good. I mean, they did beat Gonzaga earlier this year. That doesn't mean oh well. I mean, I already beat them, dude. It's not like they housed them. You know what I mean? It's not like they beat them by twenty five or something. It was a really tight game. Uh, but yeah, I'm going Duke to move on over the zig- zigzags. You know, something I was thinking about today, it actually was one of one of the kids in my class who was a basketball fan. Like, he's like, you know, a junior in high school. But he's like, Coach, you're telling me that Gonzaga's never won a title? And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I had to, uh, like, you know, I just think, I think people kind of have that natural feeling of, well, they, they've won yeah. one, haven't they? They're number one like, seed all the fucking time, or two seed. You know? I, I know. And I was like, no, he's like, he's like, damn, I thought they won it. I'm like, no, they, they've been in some. But that is one of those weird things of could this be their year? You know, who knows? But yeah, yeah. I, he asked me that. I was like, well, shit, you know what? They never have. I mean, they've, they've, they've made some, but is this their year? Who knows? Now, they definitely have to, they're going to earn their stripes. If they make the final four, it'll be over beating, you know, two pretty talented, good teams. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I think that are Red Raiders or, in your case, the Blue Devils get it done. So that, that'll be a, a fun one to enjoy. 25 um, years in a row they've won their conference. I think it's time to move on. Twenty-five streets they kept flashing, right? It was twenty. It was twenty. It was twenty-five. I think it was twenty-five. Tw- like, yeah. come on, dude, get out of that conference, dude. Like, what is taking you guys so fucking long? You can't win a conference for twenty-five straight years and be like, yeah, it's really good for us to take a three-month vacation during the season and not play anybody besides St. Mary's. So now we're going to fly down to the Midwest. Um, and again, you want to talk about another point. I know that Bill Self did win one title because Coach Cal does recruit free throw shooters and Derrick Rose choked. But you know that Kansas has been a tenth, a, a, Kansas has been a one seed ten times and has one title. I, I, and man, out of crazy. the one seed, right? Yeah, just but they they have the longest stretch. I think they've been to thirty two consecutive tournaments, and they have one title. So, but man, with with Creighton having their best center out and best point guard out, and the fact that they were a shot away from winning that game, 
oh, that would have just added on to the long list of Bill Self chokes. It, and it almost did occur. I wish it would have. Unfortunately, it did not. Um, but with that said, um, I have uh, Kansas against Providence. There's no oh, way. You do? You have that? You have that game? Not Not anybody else? Uh, okay, okay, we're previewing, previewing um, Kansas and Providence. I said Kansas and San Diego State. So, uh, all right, so we get, you know, um, anyways, yeah, Kansas Providence. I'm not Providence. seeing that game. Which one? No. Um, I think, I, I, I've, again, I ain't picking Coach K. I ain't picking Rock Chalk. Go Friars. Now, if the Friars are to win, how this can happen? Again, they maybe don't have the lottery skills. But they have a, a more experienced team. Well, heck, they're the, I think, second or third oldest team in the country. They, they're going to have bulletin board material again. They're an eight-point dog. And they have two talented guards, and they got a big. Now, again, they're going to want to keep it probably in the 60s, make it low scoring, make Kansas work. But I just I, – I, I think Providence covers. I think if you take the eight, that's a pretty safe bet. Um, what happens just, if it's a tight game, though? What happens in tight games? I mean, Pro- Providence literally wins every single tight game. Our, our Friars have been repping all year winning close games. And I, I just I hope they pull it off. Man, I would love to see that. That will be a very, very fun game for Friars. So I'm taking the Friars. And, oh, Jesus, did I butcher this? In the bottom of this bracket, I had picked LSU-Auburn. Everybody so. butchered it, okay? Everyone <laughs> in the world besides Cyclone and Hurricane. Oh, I just got that. Hurricanes and Cyclones. Holy shit. Why? That was right there the whole time. There there, there will be a storm occurring. Boy. Um, with that said, I think that the – oh, Jesus, man. That, man. I have uh, no clue who's going to win this game. I'll just be honest. No fucking yeah. clue at all. Uh, Auburn, Bruce Pearl did say that Miami whooped their ass. We got punched in the mouth more than anyone this year. So right. – and Larinaga, he doesn't get the Coach K love, and I'm not saying he's up there, but if, if just looking for college coaches, Larinaga, whenever Miami's made the a tournament, he's a K very love. good veteran He's always got to bring Coach K in there. The Coach K love, well, obviously he hasn't been at Miami since 1981. But. Coach K alone. <laughs> again, guns up, guns up. <laughs> um, Larinaga is a very good tournament coach that, does make deep runs when his team makes it. So I think that yeah. Larinaga pulls out. So I'm taking uh, Miami, and I will have Miami facing Providence. Chris, what say you? I'm going to go with Miami, but it's a flip of the coin. But I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, if you would have asked me last week at this time, it, it just just if, if there's a storm brewing and these two storms collide, I would have picked Miami at that time. So I'm going to go with Miami. Um, and I don't have an allegiance like I do with the college football. That's just honest. Um, sure. But, yeah, Miami. And then uh, I'm going Providence, too. Kansas uh, could have maybe gotten beaten their last round. I guess you could say that about a bunch of teams, though. <laughs> but, yeah, Providence, to me, the starting five, most experienced team. They have the most, I guess you could say, hours put in. I mean, they literally have the most minutes out of anybody. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with them. And they also got this guy off the bench that's pretty good, too, that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, but he usually is the guy uh, that comes through uh, for him. But I I feel like I would definitely – what's the spread, seven and a half? 
Uh, I've seven seen eight. Or eight. It, 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 maybe seven and a half, somewhere in that ballpark, sure. Yes. So, to me, um, and Bynum is that guy, by the way, I was talking about. But Bynum and um, Durham are their stud guards that got to step up. Yeah. And Bynum, well, unless they change things, Bynum comes off the bench, too. Uh, but, yeah, I would feel real comfortable um, at going with the points regardless. But I am picking Providence, and I'm picking Providence to go the whole way there, baby. We started about, you know, somewhere in January when they went on that run. Um, and I just – I feel like it's just – it's just like a perfect storm, uh, not to, you know, not to use that word because we already did with Iowa State and Miami. Yeah, I like Providence to uh, make a Final Four freaking run, which hasn't happened in quite some time. And I will say go Friars as well. Amen. Go go Providence Friars. They've been a fun team to watch. And, hey, I think as far as they made it, it's considered a successful season in their mind. But this journey, I don't think the journey's over quite yet, my friend. I don't think it's over quite yet. So we both have Providence winning the Midwest bracket. I will let my co-host and my friend uh, go up to the south, where, again, I well, I, I, I didn't butcher that. Actually, I, three out of four on this one. Go ahead, friend. All right. So um, Zona Houston, first one to 100. Now, I do think that that's going to be a fun, fun game. Um. I think you're going to see a little bit better shooting. You know, they need their shooters, Arizona I'm speaking of, to knock down some damn shots. Um, that Kerr dude, he needs to knock down some. I mean, there was a, se- a sequence there where they're, you know, one of their best shooters. And actually there's a stat out there that when he, God, is it when he hits 10 points? I can't remember what the stat is, but. If you look at all their losses this year, he didn't play all that well. And obviously, um, you know, uh, and it's Krista or whatever that guy's name is. But um, that dude, Kerr Krista, I think it is. He's kind of their little spark plug as far as just energy. But that's not to say. I mean, they got a Terry who can defend you. They got that Mathroon who just went off uh, in the last game. They got two legit bigs, and I need those bigs to be – uh, both legit in this game because uh, old boy from uh, you know in the last game for TCU was saying they're too small when he made buckets on them. But this is going to be a good ass game. I see the spread. It's, I mean, it's right there. This feels like a flip of the coin to be honest with you. But I am going to pick Arizona in this one. I think they just have uh, the right parts this year. But I w- I w- I wouldn't touch this betting wise because Houston's a damn good team. And they can go up and down the court too. I mean, they smacked Illinois round, Illinois around in that second half. I mean, they they beat them up. So I, I did go to Houston versus Memphis at the uh, in the Fort Worth Arena, um, which would be two weekends ago now. And I mean, I, I know when you go to games in basketball, you see players like on court, and they just look a lot bigger and taller in general. And Memphis is a freakish team of athletes, but Houston's had bigger athletes like Houston's bigs are probably collectively the most athletically skillful bigs in the country like I'm not saying they're the best basketball players but if you're talking just for like strength and muscle and height like that team doesn't get pushed around down low and that Coughburn on Illinois had a couple of buckets but 
he didn't dominate. A lot of people thought, I think my, you know, coach would agree that, uh, Coburn's probably one of the best centers in the basketball, in, in the NCAA, maybe the biggest, but like they pretty much made him irrelevant. And also I found this stat surprising in the, in the martial art index, Chris, um, there was in five times in that Houston, Illinois game, Houston stole the ball on a play where Illinois had the ball under Houston's basket. And they had five steals off a baseline out of bounds play. Interesting, huh? And wow. I, I that's think pretty crazy. I think they're and I and I don't think that's necessarily like Illinois doesn't give a shit or they don't have any plays. I think it's literally the fact that, dude, how, unless you're like gonna draw stuff up in timeouts, how, how do you get the ball in? And I'll say because they're freakish athletes. I bet I bet, and I I don't know how to go through this, but I doubt that Illinois had that many turnovers on out of bounds plays throughout the whole season. But yes, five times they lost the ball on an on a on a play under Houston's basket, which tells me these guys are freakish long as hell, and you literally don't shove them around. Because I saw them, I saw the Memphis guys too, and Memphis has some stud athletes as well. So I realize I'm probably drinking the Houston Kool Aid here, but after seeing what TCU center did against Arizona, and now you're playing a team who's got better bigs. Than TCU or maybe more collective players, or at least just as good. Yeah, just just as good, and and, and like I said, multiple bigs. Like I just don't see how Arizona. I'm not saying that Arizona's going to get ran out the gym, uh, but I, I think that Houston wins. Now the issue, Houston. Here's how they're successful: they play incredible defense, and they need to hit threes in transition because Houston's half court offense, Chris, is pretty damn ugly. But you're big as hell. You turn the ball over and you hit quality clutch threes, and I think that'll be enough to get past Zona. Um, but it'll be a very interesting. For my last point here, it'll be a very interesting matchup to see who controls the tempo, Chris, because Arizona wants to play and get up in the mid 80s and run you to death. But if Houston gets running up the court, I think that I think that hurts their style. Houston loves to run up and hit spot up threes, but you know, relative they like to, they like to slow the game down. So. I think one way to look at it is if the game's a track meet, I think that takes away the size of Houston. But if Houston can control the tempo and feed the bigs down low and make Arizona work and force out of bounds turnovers, yep. yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm picking Houston. Again, I wouldn't bet the house on it, but I'll take Houston Cougars to win. And I think that they're they're just dude. They might be the tallest, most athletic team. Again, not skillful, but tallest bigs in the country who are pretty damn good. I know they're they're one big they had was conference player of the year. So that that they're they're a sneaky team to watch. And I think the reason why a lot of people didn't realize them this year is because they only won they only beat one quad one team this year, which was Memphis in that tournament. So they beat the crap out of a weak conference and they they did lose to SMU in Memphis. So you're hey, you know, you're looking at resume, you have one quad one win this year, dude, you must not be that good. Well, I think they beat up in a weak conference, and now they're showing what they can do. So, a little bit of a long talk there, but it I was going to say, you on. really like are they are they cutting down the nets or something this year? <laughs> golly, Shit. dude! I mean, we're my bad, at an my hour bad. I know <laughs> so, you saw the thing live, but Jesus Christ! No, the one thing that stood out, the one thing that stood out though, of what you said, they like to play half court, but they're not that great at half court offense per se. <laughs> So that's kind of that True. stands out to me. And if they turn the ball over on the opposite way, the zona can make a pay too. I I it you know how 
let me see here. Those two games on, uh, yeah, the last two games. God, that sucks that they have to. Well, there's a 20-minute tip there. Um, I really wish one of them would be in the first part so you could watch the full, full game, both of them. Sure, um, sure, sure. And obviously you could do that on DVR. Um, if you if you get like a, a some sort of uh, T-shirt or something you can lay across the top of your TV so you don't get the scores. <laughs> and yes, yeah, I do that. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before plenty of times. Um I wish those are probably the two best games that we've talked about in this Sweet 16 round right here. Houston, Arizona, and Texas Tech, Duke. Uh, You're going Houston. I'm going Arizona. I want to pick Michigan so bad against Nova, but I'm picking Nova. I'm picking Nova. But, I, 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 God, I really do. I really do. I, I just don't know. And Nova's not, like, overly strong this year either. Um. Both, you could actually make a, you know, uh, Michigan has some, Dickerson, they have some players that have been there, done that, that number 55, or at least have, have experience, you know. So we can't just say, well, Villanova has, a, you know, a couple of players that, you know, have been, you know, in the league for a while, so they're really good. But same with Michigan. But I'm going to pick Nova, but uh, I'm not confidently doing it. I think Michigan could win this game. But I got Nova for a pr- actual prediction sake. I'll be a lot shorter in this one, my friend. Because <laughs> um, it's a but, team you don't like. So, yeah, of well, course. Yeah. I, I would never go against them. But I think that Nova's just a better basketball team. Um, I got to give Michigan credit. They knocked off Tennessee, who is maybe one of the hottest teams in the country. Uh, but and, and, and Villanova is annoying to sell. But when it comes down to clutch March facts, Villanova is the best free throw shooting team in the country and their le- best free throw shooting team left in the tournament. And they got a bunch of savvy guards um, that will make life tough. Only thing for Michigan, I guess you got to have faith in that, uh, that Dickinson, their center, he, he, Tennessee, like he, Tennessee had no answer for him. I'm yeah. assuming Jay Wright will have a better game plan. Um, but I'm going to take Nova. I think they get the job done unless Hunter Dickinson drops like 30 and they find a way to pull out that W. And then I'm picking oh. uh, Zona. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, that would leave me with Houston Nova. Well, and af- after my three-minute Houston love affair, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Houston to send the Big East uh, second-place Big East team this year packing. So I got Houston going to, the, going to the Final Four. Um, yes, sir. Houston All the right, Final so Four. I got Zona, Duke, Purdue, and Providence. That's my Final Four. And I got Texas Tech guns up, knocking out Coach K, thank God. And then I'm taking UCLA, and I'm taking uh, Providence, and I'm taking Houston. So we so just I got have, Providence. That's it. That's awesome. I love it. I got a three. Now watch, it's going to be neither of them. All four will both be wrong. <laughs> uh, and again, if we – Happen to do a show next week, and if we're bringing on Carolina Duke, oh my God, I'm uh, I can't even imagine. I don't even know if I'd be able. I might have to just. I'm not even sure if I'd be able to watch that game live because that'd be compiling many years of love and hate in, in one in one nutshell. So we'll see. Could that be we'll like see. 80s, 90s Miami, Florida State for a national title? That's yeah, that type of exactly. I would have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. dude, that uh, man, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. Yeah, um, and you would else. even have to admit that the you know 
that Duke would have a coaching advantage in that, right? Oh, oh I, our coach almost blew a 25-point lead. <laughs> <laughs> and you did yeah. pick against them. Technically, you did yeah, pick against them. I, I, I did, yeah. You better, uh, I'm going to mark this date down. Hold on. Mark this date down. This day, March 21st, 2020, he picked against North Kaka. Okay, good. Got it. Why don't you uh, shut us down here, sir? So on that note, we got games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Pretty much like this. It sounds like a a dealership, uh, a car dealership sale. (laughs) Thursday, Friday. I mean, this this is, it feels that way. It's a circus this weekend. And so you either got to have pull pull the laptop up, or if you're like me and have two TVs in your living room, you're, you're kind of set there. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it's a good time of the year. And if and, and I, I'm sadly I'm coaching Friday night, so I have to DVR Providence and Carolina and turn off my cell phone. Yep. Throw it so away. I, I won't. Yeah. I, well, I, I literally I'll just I'll literally just turn it off. So if if emergencies occur, I won't be able to reply to them. So I, I will go coach my softball game. And then drive home and watch both, and then react to Twitter and my friends and whatever. But I can't. I, I've learned I can't watch a game like, and I just got to sit down and enjoy it live and take yeah. the moment in as I can. So, on that note, we just had a great opening weekend, and I'm sure we're gonna have a great second week the way this year's treated us. So until then, the boys are out. Have a good one. Peace.